What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the another episode of the All In Man Cave podcast, the preview show for the best bets at against the spread and against the over and unders for week seven of the NFL. I am Cole Hate. Once again, welcome to the show. Anybody who is a return listener, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Uh, and anybody who is a brand new listener and it's your first episode, welcome to the show. We got a big slate this week. A lot of people saying that the slate this week is a little bit subpar compared to some weeks. Well, that's going to happen when bye weeks happen for some NFL teams. Uh, and some of these spreads this week are a little bit large. So we'll, uh, we'll hop right in and let's start. Uh, in Tennessee, the Chiefs will be at the Tennessee Titans. Now, the big storyline here is Derrick Henry trying to stay strong. He's had a lot of good games recently, his last five, over 100 yards, and he has 10 touchdowns on the season and leads the league in rushing. Uh, we've I've mentioned in my last episode about uh, Chris Jones moving inside uh, to help with Derrick Henry and possibly stopping him a bit. Uh, the Chiefs, as you all know, uh, bottom five in the league in terms of passing yards allowed on defense. So it's going to be a high-scoring game. I didn't think it was going to be as high of a scoring game early in the week. Thought about it a little bit. Uh, and based on what I've told you guys to do is never take the under in a Chiefs game. Well, I'm going to not go against that. But uh, moving on to the other side. So Kansas City needs to f- to stay balanced in this football game. You can attack Tennessee on defense in multiple ways. Their secondary, not very good. Uh, their front seven is also not very good. They have a few potential uh, players on their front seven that could cause havoc uh, for their run game. Uh, but Kansas City abandons their run game in multiple games that I've personally watched from beginning to end way too early. They stop running when they don't have success on the uh, say. Let's say the first three drives. Uh, sometimes one more or two, one or two more drives or one or two less drives. Uh, but it seems like they abandon the run game quicker than they should, uh, which will definitely help them out in this. I don't. I don't see the Chiefs' offense now. I, it, it's going to seem a little odd uh, that I'm talking crap on the Chiefs' offense, which I'm not. It's just. Uh, it's just feedback that I've seen, but it doesn't seem like they do a lot of play action. Uh, it's Mahomes dropbacks, Mahomes in the in the shotgun uh, because pe- teams aren't trusting that they can run the football. Very easy fix for that. Uh, that's the way that the Vikings uh, get away with Kirk being in the shotgun, which is running out of the shotgun and play action out of the shotgun, uh, which is something they should use a little bit more often. And with Jarek McKinnon, former Viking, now on the Chiefs, uh, big number one. They don't use him enough as enough as they should. They should use Jarek a lot often. Uh, he is a very good pass catcher, and he's a lot quicker than people think. Uh, and 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 honestly, it, it he's a good player, and they struggle to gain any traction in the run game. I feel like they can they can use him in this game, and he could be a difference maker uh, for that team. For, for Patrick Mahomes because he's going to have to carry the team on his back. He's had to do it all season. He's going to continue to do it throughout the season unless their def- defensive starters figure out how to play a play better football or they go out and they make multiple moves. 
uh, to to bolster the defense that they currently don't have. So the pick is in. Uh, first pick of this episode is the Chiefs minus four. Right now, that number may change. Uh, I don't really often tell you guys this, but when I record this podcast, it's Friday at about 3.45 p.m. Uh, The numbers do change daily based on injuries, based on stuff that they're seeing, based on the bets placed currently on this. Uh, And I'm using this in terms of DraftKings, so you might have a a half point, uh, maybe a little bit of a a difference in terms of player props uh, that we normally don't go over on on the preview shows, but... It it seems like uh, there's a little bit of a difference depending on what platform you guys use to, to to place your bets. So this is all based on DraftKings, but right now it's minus four. I would take the Chiefs up to minus five, but and we're also going to go with the over. Like I said before, I cannot take the under in a Chiefs game. I just can't. I don't think that there's any reason for me to ever take an under in the Chiefs game until they can prove they can play defense. Uh, because I think probably the last time the Chiefs uh, hit an under in, in a game was probably the Super Bowl, uh, last year's Super Bowl. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see, but that that's the first bet off the block. Moving on, the Panthers are at the New York Giants. Time is ticking, not only for Daniel Jones, which I've talked to exhaustion about, so I won't talk so much about, but for Joe Judge as well. The Giants were not a team that everyone expected to be this bad. Now, granted, most of that issue is based on injuries. But they need to figure out how they're going to win games when most of their team's dinged up. Now, the depth is an issue. They have they, their depth players are even getting hurt at the wide receiver position, uh, the running back position, some defensive positions as well. Their defense is underperformed, their offense is underperformed, and mainly Daniel Jones is underperformed. All the stuff that we heard about Joe Judge in the offseason and in, in preseason and what have you at training camp, making people do push-ups and whatever. I, I talked about that as well in a episode a long time ago. So that's not how you get to millennials and that's not how you reach them. Unfortunately, most of the millennial generation doesn't receive uh, what how, how would I use this? They don't receive negative feedback well. So you need to find out a way to to reach your players. And if they're not going to do it your way, you're going to have to adapt. So that's one thing you need to look at is, is Joe Judge on the hot seat? Now with Daniel Jones, you might as well make it a love, a hot love seat. Uh, because they're they're both on it. Now, the one thing I want to take away from this game that I think is really important is the the Carolina Panthers defensive line versus the Giants offensive line. Panthers defensive line is very good. Their defense got roasted a bit against Minnesota. Play calling in uh, for the Minnesota Vikings last week was very good. Uh, they were able to run. They were able to figure things out. But the defensive line came up strong in multiple times throughout the game if it's not batting balls away it's getting hands in the face of the quarterback their their corners are very good as well especially in man not so much in zone which is what they chose to do most of the game against Minnesota uh, hence Kirk Cousins having the the better game that he did against them but I don't think the Giants offensive line which is way worse than the Vikings that they played last week the Giants offensive line is embarrassing and that's partly that's part of the issue with why Daniel Jones has played so bad as he has. That that that's mostly the problem. 
So we'll see how that unfolds throughout the throughout the game. But if they can't protect Daniel Jones, he's going to have another bad game of turning the football over, bad decisions, and bad throws. The one player I want to keep an eye on, not only in fantasy, uh, but also overall in terms of filling in for a major player who will not be in the game, is Chuba Hubbard. I think Chuba Hubbard has a very good game this week. This is for fantasy owners out there, possibly people who have bets on his over in terms of rushing yards, possibly receiving yards or receptions. I think Chuba Hubbard's going to be involved a lot and heavily in this game, not only because he's a very good player, but also to help Sam Darnold snap out of the funk that he's in. Sam Darnold looked pretty decent uh, in the first three weeks. Now you can say it's because of his opponents. They played a lot of bad teams. In the first three weeks, they've now lost uh, the next three games after that. So they currently sit at three and three. But I think in, uh, involving Chuba Hubbard to the max capacity, simulating what it would be like if McCaffrey was healthy and in, is the way to snap Sam Darnold out of this funk. Therefore, the pick is in. I'm going with the Panthers minus three, and I'm also going with the over of 42. Uh, this is a potential here for for the Panthers to score a lot of points against the Giants, and and the Giants have proven that they can come back in garbage time to make something at least interesting. I don't need much from them in this game. Um, maybe fourteen to seventeen points. The Panthers cover the most, or the cover the rest, and then that gets you to the over of forty two. Next on the list, the Washington Football Team at the Green Bay Packers. If anybody else hasn't noticed, uh, the Green Bay Packers are winning a lot of close games. And it's not to the reason of them playing well. It's to the reason of uh, they've gotten lucky in a few games. Uh, They had the game against Cincinnati where Cincinnati outperformed them in that football game. Uh, Multiple, it was a windy day, multiple field goals missed. A lot of weird calls in that game, weird penalties, weird turnovers. The Packers are going to end up losing some of these games at some point. And this seems like one of those times the problem is is that the Washington football team's injuries are piling up and at the wrong time with the wrong players. This team had a lot more similar to what we just talked about with the Giants. The, the, the Washington football team were not supposed to be this bad. They were supposed to contend with the Cowboys for this division. I picked the Washington football team to win the division uh, before the season started in my divisional recaps and my projections, which does not look good right now considering the Cowboys are 5-1. and one. But they've they've had injuries. The main two injuries that I'm looking at in this game that's going to affect the outcome is is Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin looked like he couldn't figure it out last week against Kansas City, and that defense was not good, which means he was dinged up and tried to play through it, and it didn't work out as well as he thought it would. So with with missing those two. It's going to be difficult, but their defense needs to pop out of this funk. They were supposed to have a top three defense. They don't. They need to figure it out. And all of those defensive players need to realize that they could possibly be on the chopping block if they don't start performing. Ron Rivera is a good coach. They have good coaches on that staff. They need to start playing the way they were projected to play. At this point, I don't think they can come back into a top three defense, but it's possible. But they need to do that 
so that the offense doesn't need to try and do what Kansas City's doing right now because Taylor Heineke is not Patrick Mahomes. He cannot carry the team into victory if the defense is playing that bad. He doesn't have the skill set as Patrick Mahomes. And Heineke's playing for his job right now. At some point, Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, might return. Not sure. I don't remember specifically if the injury he sustained is season-ending. I'm not positive. But he's playing for his job not only on the Washington football team, but possibly if if they go in a different direction via the crazy three-way trade that's being leaked on the internet right now with the Houston Texans receiving all of the picks and possibly some players, the Miami Dolphins getting Deshaun Watson and Miami Dolphins sending Tua to the Washington football team. Uh, crazy. Never seen a three-way trade, I don't believe, in the NFL. That seems like more of an NBA basketball type deal, but it, it, this is – it's. I don't know. I, I don't know what their plan is. And if Taylor Heineke's not going to win games for them, he they paid him on a one-year deal, I believe. I think it was a one-year, $8 million deal, if I'm not mistaken. And that's a lot for a backup quarterback in the NFL. There's a few few backups that are over that, uh, whether it be because of – it could be a plethora of reasons. Uh, but normally your backup quarterback doesn't make that much money. It doesn't make $8 million for damn sure, but – He's playing for his job, and I think Heineke needs to needs to start showing what he showed in the playoffs last year with uh, against Tampa Bay. He needs to start showing that a little bit more. I know it's going to be difficult with, with a dinged-up McLaurin and Antonio Gibson most likely not in this football game, but the pick is in. I'm going with the Washington football team plus eight. I believe that their defense bounces back in this game. Green Bay's not able to squeak away, and if they are, I still get to cover the spread because I'm going to take the Washington football team plus eight. Give me the eight. Uh, and I'm going to take the under of 48. I, because of the defensive play, I don't believe they hit 48 in this. I, I think it's going to be more like a, a 27 to 20 max win for the Packers at the most, but I can see the Washington football, football team putting up a very good fight. Next on the list, Bengals at the Ravens. One, number one thing to watch, Joe Burrow against a dinged-up Ravens defense. Ravens defense has played a little bit subpar ever since Marcus Peters has left. Now, I think Marcus Peters is extremely overrated, uh, especially at the cornerback position. He's similar to like an uh, like a older Patriot version of Asante Samuel where you either jump a route and pick it off and run it back or you you give up a big double move touchdown. Similar to Jalen Mills on the Eagles. A lot of people had faith in Jalen Mills when he played for the Eagles. He was a terrible cornerback. He could not cover anyone. And uh, I believe Jalen Mills is the one who gave up the touchdown on the pa- – he plays for the Patriots now. I believe he's the one who gave up the touchdown to C.D. Lamb in overtime to lose against the Cowboys. So uh, – I don't, I don't think that Marcus Peters is the reason why that their defense isn't performing. I think that there's just – I think that they're kind of relying on the fact that they score a lot of points for the defense to play a little bit back, which will definitely hurt them in this because they have to deal with Jamar Chase. Rookie wide receiver out of LSU, he's had a wonderful season so far and completely opposite of the way his preseason went. Everyone was talking about him dropping footballs. Everybody was talking about how they don't know if his play will transition from college to the NFL. And and they were talking about how Justin Jefferson would be way better than him on the field. And from what I've seen so far, Justin Jefferson's got one more year under his belt. 
than Jamar Chase does, but right now Jamar Chase is very electric, and he has a quarterback with an arm that can find him and is looking for him on every play. Even with the wide receiver crew that they already had on the Bengals before Joe Burrow was even drafted. T. Higgins is there. Tyler Boyd is there. They have tight ends that are stepping up. It's very impressive what we're seeing from Joe Burrow here. Very impressive. And Jamar Chase, them playing in college, clearly has translated, and they hadn't lost a, they haven't even lost a step since the since Joe Burrow put up the best college season for a quarterback probably in the history of college football. Also, the Cincinnati defense has been underrated. They they held the the Packers to a very low amount, to, to, forcing Aaron Rodgers to get rid of the ball when he doesn't want to, which is not easy to do uh, for any team even this team that was supposed to have a bottom five defense and these players are playing and they're gelling together on a basis of uh, listen they're it's unbelievable honestly when I was watching the Vikings game some of the stuff that they were coming out with this was week one but they've played better since week one it, it it's impressive as to what the Cincinnati Bengals have put on f- for the NFL in terms of these games that they've been playing and and I would be excited as a Cincinnati Bengals fan that has not had success in multiple years probably ever since Andy Dalton's prime which was lord maybe 8 years ago 7 years ago where they were making the playoffs and losing in the first round every year under Marvin Lewis that, that's how long it's been since Cincinnati's been a relevant football team. This leads me to the pick that is in, upset alert, and there's two of them in here, and they're they're pretty good ones. Upset alert, uh, I w- would feel confident placing a wager on the money line for the Bengals because I think this is an upset game. I think the, the Ravens lose, but if you're going to give me six and a half, I'll take it. And uh, the Bengals plus six and a half is the, is the pick as well as the over of 46. There's no reason this game should be under 50. There's no way. Lamar Jackson will put up at least 20 points, which means the the Bengals only got to put up 26 or vice versa, and the game is still within the, the bet range. Next on the list, the Jets at the Patriots divisional game, Mac versus Zach. Let's see how this let's see how this goes. Mac Jones very conservative in that Patriots offense so far has showed that he is clearly NFL ready and probably the most NFL ready quarterback out of every quarterback in this class. However, uh, he does not throw the ball down the field basically ever. He had that one pass to Kendrick Bourne uh, to get close or tie the game uh, in the Cowboys game last week which was America's game of the week. Uh, Ironically, not because everybody expected it to be close, but because the Cowboys were in it. We'll talk about that at another time, but I completely disagree with the Cowboys being America's team. However, one thing I really want to point out in this is the wide receivers for the Jets versus the Patriots secondary. We already talked about Jalen Mills. Stephon Gilmore no longer there. So Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder, Keelan Cole and Elijah Moore, all four of those players will be able to find holes in a defense that gave up about 450 yards to Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. And that's without one of their wide receivers that makes up the three-headed monster in Dallas with being Michael Gallup. So only Amari Cooper and and C.D. Lamb were in that game. They also have Cedric Wilson, who's a pretty good slot third option. 
But with these four players and Zach Wilson willing to always throw the ball deep, I think they're going to find some holes in this football game. And the Patriots defense has not looked good this year in terms of a Bill Belichick-style defense. They just haven't looked good. Now, the Jets' offensive line is an issue. Uh, Also is their defensive line, which brings me to the Patriots are going to run the ball a lot in this game. A lot. And typically, in, in games that the Patriots play at home, I typically take the under. Uh, Because normally they're closer and they're also, not not only are they close, but they're also low scoring. And the reason why that is, is Bill Belichick tries to to control the game and run a lot of clock. Uh, Not on much of the defense where he mostly controls, but offensively as well with, like I mentioned, running the football often. And Mac Jones needs to to figure out how to throw the ball downfield if they were to get down in this football game, which is which is actually possible. So the pick is in. Upset alert back to back. The Jets plus six and a half. Listen, I would not be surprised if the Jets put up a, a put up a game where they go to OT and they kick a field goal to win it. I would not be surprised. I do not trust the the defense of the New England Patriots. I just don't. So the Jets plus six and a half, and we're going to go with the over. Typically, we go with the under here, but I feel as though this game just goes over. Like a 24 to 23 game, either way, uh, it just still covers. So we're going to go with the over of 43. Next on the list, the Falcons at the Dolphins. is the Are the Miami Dolphins the biggest disappointment this season? Because there's some disappointing teams that had big aspirations. Not only did the Dolphins have playoff aspirations, but they were supposed to go deep this year. They believed in Tua. Their defense was going to be strong. They got the injury bug. It's been an issue. Similar to the Colts, who are another disappointing team so far, and the 49ers, who are another disappointing team. So those three would probably be my three biggest disappointments so far. But but Miami might be the biggest disappointment, and honestly, it's surprising coming from a coach like Brian Flores. Brian Flores, Bill Belichick guy, was in New England, defensive-minded coach. Now, most of the defensive issues have been due to injury, but their offense hasn't looked good, and they also have their all of their starting wide receivers have been injured or suspended for at least a game or two. Devontae Parker's missed multiple games. Jalen Waddle has been there, but he's a rookie. Can't carry the whole offensive, everything. They're, they're starting Mac Hollins. Preston Williams has missed games. Will Fuller has missed games and has been suspended. Then he broke his hand or broke one of his fingers. So it's it, it's just been disappointing in terms of what they expected for the beginning of this season. And to lose to the Jags last week was probably heartbreaking for them. Heartbreaking especially the way it happened. My impact of this game is going to be a little odd, but I think it's Cordero Patterson. Now, Calvin Ridley is going to see a lot of these targets. A lot of teams are playing him uh, similar to the way they would play Julio Jones when he was the only target worth anything on that team for a few years. They're shadowing. They're taking away his deep ball threat, and there's not much more besides Cordero Patterson that they can go to, but Kyle Pitts has been has been a good player as well for them. But Cordero Patterson, it drives me nuts when when people I play in fantasy put him at the running back position. He's not a running back, yet they label him as an RB slash WR on most of these platforms and, and in most leagues. 
in fantasy leagues. But uh, Cordero Patterson has been very good for them. And at the time where they actually needed him to step up, where their running game is just not good enough to get by without a, a gadget guy, and they really don't have any other threats besides Calvin Ridley at a true wide receiver position. Kyle Pitts plays tight end. They split him out. I understand that. But but Cordell Patterson can do pretty much everything on the field. Special teams on in the return game. I've seen him return punts. That he doesn't often do it, but he can return kicks, return punts, run the ball out of the backfield. He did it in Chicago. Uh, he he's done it. He did it at the Raiders. He did it with the Vikings. So I see him as a huge impact player in this game. Also, if you guys didn't hear, Xavier Howard on the trade block for the Miami Dolphins, their best secondary player, uh, close second is Byron Jones, but wait a minute. So I, I read a, I read an article that said that people spotted him in the sh, in the the stadium cleaning out his storage locker and taking stuff out of it, putting it in a duffel bag, and walking out of the stadium. That's interesting. Now take it with a grain of salt, uh, because there were multiple uh, BS stories that leaked with the Aaron Rodgers stuff about how he had his house cleaned and that meant he was leaving. Uh, none of that ended up being true via the Pat McAfee show and Aaron Rodgers himself. We'll never know the answer to that, but it's very interesting how these stories leak because this might be propaganda and might have been released by somebody he knows or he told to release it so that he could get himself out of there. It's just very interesting to see Brian Flores having usually having a very good he has a very good relationship with his players, especially his defensive players. And for Xavier Howard, who has played very well on that football team, to want to be out, it's very interesting. It's just interesting. So the pick is in. I'm going with the Falcons minus two and a half. And I'm also going to go with the under of 48. I see the the Dolphins being able to have a similar game that they did last week. Uh, and the Falcons haven't been in many high-scoring games this year. Uh, so last week, uh, the Falcons, sorry, not the Falcons, the, uh, the Dolphins lost 23 to 20, uh, at the end in a game winning field goal by the Jags in London. So I think there's a similar type game here with like a 24, 21, uh, or a 23, 20 type deal. Uh, so that's why I'm taking the under of 48 next on the list. The Eagles are at the Raiders life after John Gruden. What does it look like for the Raiders? Uh, people were interviewed, multiple players were interviewed, and the constant response by most of these players that were interviewed about what life on the sideline is like without their former head coach, John Gruden, is there's no anxiety. It's calm. Yeah, I wonder why. You don't have somebody who looks like Chucky screaming on the sideline at not only referees and, and everything else, but also at his own players. I've seen him do it multiple times. It pisses players off. We go back to the same thing we talked about with millennials. You can't scream at them. They're, they're just going to resent you. It's similar to uh, pets when you first get a pet. If, if you create the culture that there's always screaming in the house or you create the, the, the culture that you're always screaming at the pet, they're not going to respect you and love you as much as they should. Not should, but would. That's just the way it is right now. And and listen, I, John Gruden made a mistake. He made multiple comments he shouldn't have made. And, and, st and dirty laundry gets leaked all the time, and it's a problem. His views are skewed, and, and they're very old school. They're very boomer-y. 
And sorry to all the boomers out there, uh, the baby boomers from that generation, but it's very boomer-like behavior. I need to make this statement. This statement is right because time doesn't happen and people don't change and the world doesn't adapt. It's it's a very strange, it's a, it's a strange dilemma to be in. However, he's entitled to his own opinion. If he seems like a dick, whatever. Just let it go. Just let it go. But the players seem to be in a better mindset now that they're not getting screamed at, nor are they in that type of atmosphere on their own sideline. They got a big win last week. They're playing the Eagles this week that are a bit flighty. The Eagles defense is the most flighty, to be honest with you. Their defense is it plays well one week and it gets absolutely destroyed the next week. Well, one week, it's very, very sketchy the way their defense plays and the potential for the Raiders to get in a huge route is very high with the way that they attack down the field. Hunter Renfro's played well. Henry Ruggs has played well. Darren Waller, always a, a threat anywhere on the field. And, and they have two running backs that are very capable of getting them through in the run game. So let's see how this goes. But Nick Sirianni seems like he can't figure out what's going on. I don't know. They got a new defensive coordinator as well, I believe. Not sure on his name. I just I know that he's new and he seems like a, a decent dude that their defense has played well. They played well enough so far to hang in football games, but just not well enough to win and get the stops. So the pick is in. The Raiders minus two and a half. They win by at least a field goal. And I'm going to take the under, uh, hoping that the Eagles don't score as many points as I think they may be able to. I see this being a a, a double-digit win for the Raiders. That's why I think it's an easy pick for me to go with them uh, with the minus two and a half and also under 48. Next on the list, the next two games, we get to the very big spreads. The Lions at the Rams. The revenge game for Matt Stafford and Jared Goff. What are you making? Jeez, I, oh, I don't even know what to make of this Detroit Lions team. The first five games of the season, they seemed like they were willing to fight. Last week, they didn't stand a chance against Cincinnati, which speaks highly of Cincinnati since they did not allow them to get into the game. Speaks very lowly of the Vikings, who it took a final game-winning drive and a field goal to win that game against the Lions. However... Matt Stafford against Jared Goff. Jared Goff uphill battle again this game. Very high uphill battle because they have to. He has to play an actual defense. Whereas Jared, or whereas Matt Stafford, the Lions' defense has been atrocious. They can't cover anyone. Now their pass rush is decent. They have a few playmakers. A pretty solid squad, especially on the defensive line. Their linebackers are a bit, a bit below average. Uh, so this game could get sideways quick. However. I see the Lions sticking in this one. I think last week, Dan Campbell had the potential to have a sit down, have a meeting with his players and be like, listen, we fought. I've seen you guys fight. Uh, but we got to get back to that because we didn't fight enough and, and against the Bengals. We didn't fight enough. We got to fight. And I think that's exactly what they're going to do. Now, the Lion, the thing that could get the Lions in this game, uh, if they can shut down the run, the, the run offense for the, for the Rams, uh, in Henderson and Sony Michelle, if they can stop that two-headed monster and make Matt Stafford throw on a regular basis, they will be able to make defensive plays. If you can stop the the threat of the run game, because uh, I've seen it throughout watching Minnesota Vikings-Lions games throughout the years, if you can stop the Lions rush game, 
Matt Stafford tries to push the button a little bit too far, and he starts to get a little erratic, which I can see happening in this game uh, because of how strong their defensive line is. So I like the, defer, the 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 Lions' defensive line. I think they're able to shut down Henderson and Sony Michelle. So with that being said, the pick is in. I'm going to take the Lions plus 16. 16, a lot of points to lay there. That's two touchdowns and a field goal not to cover. Uh, and I'm going to take the over of 50 and a half. Even if there's a potential uh, for a double-digit win, I hope that the Lions come back, and I'm praying that the Lions come back enough in garbage time to make it and cover that 16. Next on the list, the Texans are at the Cardinals. Who is starting for the Texans? Is it going to be Tyrod Taylor or Davis Mills? You have two options. There's only two for the Texans this week. Are you trying to learn what you have with Davis Mills? Or are you trying to win football games? That is the only option. So I'm going to give you at the end, we'll go through some stuff about this game, but there's going to be two options. So we'll get to it in a minute. However, doesn't it feel like a trap game? The spread is 18. The spread is 18 and not a trap game like I think the Houston Texans are going to beat the undefeated Cardinals. However, it seems like a trap spread game. That is a lot of points to lay. That is a lot of points to lay. I just, I don't know. I, they've scored two, they scored three points in their last two road games, the Texans have. It, Davis Mills looks like he's lost. Except for the game against the Patriots, he looks like he's lost. He cannot figure out how to play football. Now, granted, their offensive line is dinged up. So their bottom five offensive line, they can't get any ru- rushing performance out of Philip Lindsay or Mark Ingram. And most of their backup wide receivers or their second and third receivers have been hurt. So it's basically Brandon Cooks and a bunch of no-names playing as wide receivers. And they don't get help from the tight end either. So uh, what are they planning to do with, with with Davis Mills? That's basically what the question is. Like, do, do, Are you trying to win football games or are you not? That That's basically it. And if they're going to get all these picks with this Deshaun Watson trade at some point, they may be just tanking on purpose to end up with possibly four first-round picks or at least two first-round picks this year and two first-round picks next year. So uh, two different spreads, and I'm taking, I'm going to give it to you, to you two different ways so you guys can make the decision because we don't have full a full scope or full view on who's going to start for them. So if Tyrod Taylor is in, I'm taking the Texans plus 18, and I'm still going to take the over of 47 and I'm going to take the over of 47 and a half. But if Davis Mills starts this game with how strong the Cardinals defense is, I'm taking the Cardinals minus 18 and under 47 and a half. So they're opposites. So depending on who starts, it depends on where I place my bet in this game. And I'm going to wait until the last second. I don't care how much the spread changes. That's a huge difference between Tyrod and Davis Mills. Next on the list, the Bears are at the Buccaneers. Last year, Tom Brady loses to the Bears. And it was a very interesting game because he forgot that it was fourth down, forgot about the time, forgot about a lot of things in that game, and especially came out with an L. So he forgot the W and brought home the L. Justin Fields versus the Tampa Bay front seven. What is he going to be able to hang in the pocket long enough to find wide receivers? Because they will be open. Tampa Bay has one of the worst secondaries right now. 
with the Chiefs being there and also with the San Francisco 49ers being there as a close second and third. Everyone is hurt. I, as an avid football fan and a a pretty avid NFL statistician, I pretty much look up a lot of stuff randomly, like to look up different things uh, in the NFL, what's changed, records, players, statistics, a lot of stuff with the draft. I, I consider myself an avid statistician of the NFL. I'm just looking up random stuff, remembering it, what have you. I don't know these players. Any of these people starting for the Tampa Bay Bucks, I haven't, and in the secondary, got corner, nickel corner, safety. I have no idea who they are. I've never heard of them, which is not good. However, if he's able to hang in the pocket long enough to get around that front seven, because Chicago's offensive line is a joke. They are terrible which is one of the reasons that his development, Justin Fields' development has been halted because he literally is running for his life. In his first game, he got sacked nine times. It's unbelievable. And that was against the Browns' front seven, which I think, if they're both fully healthy, are probably close. If not, the Browns' defensive line is a little bit worse than the Buccaneers'. So it's going to be a field day for, for Tampa Bay if they're able to just make him and and it's not he's it's not only is he going to be able to hang in the pocket long enough it's will he will he hang in the pocket long enough to find someone or or will he just will he just leave the pocket and run on every play which eventually Tampa Bay will stop Brady needs to stay more patient with the run game especially against a good Chicago defense now I, I say Brady as if he's the offensive coordinator basically he is because he's has the ability to audible out of any play at any time. Now, if he's if if they're able to gain some type of production on the ground, they should be able to loosen up a bit of those uh, secondary players in terms of how tight they are in man coverage. They they're going to be able to loosen those players up a bit, uh, so he can find his wide receivers a little bit with a little bit more openness, uh, which will help against tip balls. Uh, bad passes and what have you, and Tom Brady will be a little more comfortable. But the defensive line for the Chicago Bears is not a is not is no easy task either. So this is going to be a very very good game to watch, I think, and it's going to be a lot closer than people think as well, based on how good the Bears defense has been. I'm trusting them that they remain good and they stay that way and perform the way they have in the past few, basically all season, so up to up to this point. So the pick is in. I'm going with the Bears plus 13. 13 is way too much to lay in this game. I don't think Tom Brady comes out and just annihilates this football team. However, I am a bit concerned about how Justin Fields will perform. Uh, I will also go with the under of 47. I don't see that going above that. I think it's going to be a relatively close game where if Tampa Bay's defense is able to get to them, they score about 23, but that's still going to be a double-digit win uh, because Justin Fields is going to make some huge mistakes and he's not going to be able to find his his receivers that will be open. Next, the Sunday night football game. The Colts are at the 49ers. This Colts team has played a lot better the last three weeks uh, than the first three weeks for sure. Most of that being because of Carson Wentz's play as well as the defense giving up big plays. Now, we've already gone over the issue with uh, with Paris Campbell uh, being out this week and, and a dinged-up T.Y. Hilton. And I talked about Michael Pittman being a definite start this week in fantasy. 
But uh, the improved play by Jonathan Taylor and Carson Wentz in the past few games leads me to believe that they're going to roll in this game. And I think it's going to be they're going to be able to do well. Now, running the football is going to be a lot harder than throwing it against the 49ers. Uh, their front four is pretty big and pretty good at what they do, as well as Fred Warner always being around in that middle linebacker position. But their defense, their defensive backs, the, the 49ers defensive backs are awful. They are awful. They can't cover anyone. Uh, they're averaging a lot of penalties and a lot of penalty yards uh, in the first in the first six games of this season, and they are dinged up at that position as well. So, something you need to look at is in this game is how are the how are the Colts going to beat the 49ers? Try and establish a run and keep the defense honest enough to make sure that their defensive backs don't have any type of any type of chance or any dream of covering your wide receivers or your tight ends. They have a very good tight end group in in Indianapolis. Uh their pass catchers out of the backfield are very good. Uh and Michael Pittman Jr has played well. And TY Hilton looks like he's trending towards playing in this game. So, if they're able to I think that there's no possible way that they're not able to do that. But on the flip side, the Colts defense has played very well in the past three games as well. And you have Jimmy G, who's probably going to start in this game, coming off a calf injury. They're, they're, the pass catchers for the 49ers have been subpar, minus Debo Samuel, who looks like a, a Hall of Famer right now, the way he's playing. Brandon Ayuk it, it has looked awful so far this season. It looks like he has some issue with the coaching staff. I don't know what happened there. I never heard anything specific come out. Uh, from the San Francisco 49ers camp about why they seem like he's not being as he's not getting that as many targets he's not getting that many snaps as he did all last season and he played well so I'm not sure exactly what happened there Uh, but George Kittle as well he's been dinged up he hasn't had the statistics that people expected uh, from the second best tight end in the league going into this season a little worse than Travis Kelsey but projected to be a little better than Darren Waller so those three tight ends are the top three tight ends. After that, it's a huge cliff you fall off of, especially in terms of fantasy. But uh, the pick is in. i got to go with the Colts plus four. I don't trust the running game of the San Francisco 49ers based on the, the, the backups they had to bring in. And I don't trust Jimmy G or Trey Lance or their secondary. So that's way too many hits to take for me to take them minus four. Uh, so the chance they win by a field goal slim, but that's the only thing I'm going to give them. Uh, so the Colts plus four, I'm going to go with the over of 42 and a half. I don't see this game going under that. I know both of their defenses are solid, uh, but I don't see the, I don't see them scoring uh, under 42 points combined. All right, and on to the Monday night football game. The Saints are at the Seahawks. The Seattle is a joke right now. Russell Wilson's going to be out for at least another month. Uh, we're looking at about a month. He said he would try and come back in four weeks, but there's a bye week in there as well. I just I don't see him coming back from this surgery in four weeks. Multiple people. I heard some stuff on Dan Orlovsky. There's also been uh, Brady Quinn mentioned uh, stuff on podcasts as well. Those are two former quarterbacks that had the same issue and the and the same surgery as well. And they, and they said that it took him six to eight. Uh, and it's not comfortable. It's on his throwing hand. I just don't see him coming back that soon. And with Geno Smith, uh, there's been links to Cam Newton going 
to Seattle, which I've talked to a lot of people face-to-face, whether it be at work or anywhere on my on my travels on a regular basis. And people are saying that Cam Newton shouldn't, they shouldn't sign Cam Newton because he's bad. Well, guess who else is bad? Geno Smith. Geno Smith is bad. DK Metcalf is causing all these issues off the on the field, off the field, jogging in and out of plays that they need and time management uh, issues on the field. It's just a joke. The defense isn't playing well. Jamal Adams can't tackle, nor can he cover. I uh, don't know how he still has a job as a safety if he can't tackle or cover because uh, that's basically uh, your job as a safety. All he can do is blitz, so he should e- either gain 20 pounds and become a middle linebacker or figure it out because he shouldn't get paid as much money as he's getting uh, if he cannot perform his job duties, which the rest of us Americans have to do on a regular basis, and we don't get millions of dollars to do it. So the the fact of Seattle being a mess right now and also the Saints getting a lot of their playmakers on defense back this week all these players projected to come back these are some good players Ken Crawley one of their good corners comes back they've been limited uh, at that position uh, and and they've been and their backups have been performing well but with him coming back this week very important CJ Gardner Johnson as well questionable this week he's been out for multiple weeks uh, Marcus Davenport as well, great pass rusher. Quan Alexander, amazing middle linebacker, and he, he plays well against the run, and he's able to blitz as well, similar to your Fred Warner or Darius Leonard. And uh, David Anyamata, one of their younger players at the defensive end position. They move him inside sometimes, but he's a very good pass rusher. That's five big names coming back to that defense. And playing against Geno Smith, I don't see it as a huge problem uh, because Geno Smith is awful. Let's just be real. He, he's awful. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. it it's it, He cannot play football. It, it, he played on multiple teams, and he hasn't been good on any of them. Now, granted, they were the Giants and the Jets, uh, and yeah, their rosters probably weren't the best, but if he can't find DK and Tyler Lockett on a football field, either of them on a play with the amazing skills that they have, he has a problem, uh, and they need to address that. If if Russell Wilson's going to miss six games, they're going to lose all six games with Geno Smith. That's just, unless they play the Lions, they're going to miss all, the Lions, the Texans, or the Jets are the only three teams that you could probably beat with Geno Smith. I know they were close with, with Pittsburgh, but listen, it's just it's Geno Smith. That's what it is. So the final pick is in for the Monday night football game. The Saints, I'm taking the Saints, minus four and a half. I, listen, I love the Saints by double digits here, but, but I don't think that Seattle stands a chance. Now, if they're able to run the football, if Seattle's able to run the football the way they did against Pittsburgh – Alex Collins is now dinged up. They're going to be go reaching into their back pocket to see what they can figure out in terms of a rushing attack. If he's going to be out and Chris Carson's also going to be out. Uh, but if they're able to run, it's going to be closer than you think. But I still think they cover by a touchdown. I still think they the Saints win by a touchdown. And I'm going to take the over uh, because that's how much I trust the Seattle defense. I don't trust them. So I'm going to take the over, of which is 42 and a half. All right, guys, that is all of the games for the Week 7 slate. We have six teams on a bye this week, including my Minnesota Vikings, so you did not have to hear my spiel about the Vikings. The one thing I love about bye weeks is your team can't lose. So there you go. Take that into consideration when thinking, oh, this sucks, I don't get to watch my team play. Well, at least you don't have to watch them lose, right? Uh, So good luck to everyone, all of your favorite football teams this week. 
take the bets, uh, take the take take the spread bets and the over under bets. Make yourself a little parlay. Uh, my parlay last week was awful. I was one of twelve. I combined a few. I didn't put all of the bets in there. You have a max bet capacity of twenty, and I couldn't put all of them in there. So I tried to pick the best twelve. Clearly, I did not since I only won one, which was the Monday night over in the Bills Tennessee Titans game. Uh, the rest of them all lost. So hoping to get a way better result this week uh, with these bets. So I'm, I'm I'm hoping for the best. Uh, put them in your put them in your DraftKings account. Put them in your FanDuel account. Uh, Caesars, whatever you guys use in terms of your betting platform. See if we can make some money. Also, for all you betters out there, make sure you check your free your free boosts uh, that you get with your. Uh, with your account, whether it be uh, added added odds, better odds on up on a parlay bet, whether you get a free bet, whether you get a, a risk-free parlay bet where you get a certain amount in return if you lose or what have you, uh, take advantage of those because it could be a life-changing opportunity. I uh, saw a few things online. Some guy, free bet, won uh, 65000 on an on a four-leg NBA uh uh, sorry, uh, yeah, a four-leg NBA parlay, which was very interesting to see. It's a life-changing event. So if you guys are all, be- for all the betters out there, make sure you take advantage of those because they're offering them to you and they only last a certain amount of time. So make sure you do it. Also, thank you so much to everyone out there. Appreciate it. Uh, hoping for some wins this week. I hope everybody's team once again wins, uh, your personal team, your fantasy teams, uh, and I hope nobody on your team gets hurt because that's the worst thing. So thank you so much. Appreciate it. Please like, share, comment. Uh, Send me anything uh, on Facebook in terms of feedback. Uh, If you are listening on Google or Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. Uh, Five stars, please, if you would be so nice to do so. Uh, And just let somebody know. Let a friend know. Let a family member know. Let a sports fan know. Let anyone know uh, about the All In Man Cave podcast. I'm Cole Haight. You guys have a good day. And until next time when we talk about the have the recap show peace